Merry Christmas, Sarah. Merry Christmas. I think we should watch a romantic comedy. Chris, you'll always be fat to me. And welcome to Romantic Comedy Commentary. Dot com. <laughs> or as Sarah chooses to call it. Romcomcom dot com. And as always, I am one part of your hosting team. I'm Justin. And with me is... Sarah. And this week we're doing really the movie that kind of started us doing this yeah. last year. Last year. We one, watched this. One of my personal favorites, a holiday classic, Just Friends. Just Friends. With Ryan Reynolds. And Amy Smart. That's right. And Anna Ferris mm-hmm. And Chris Klein. Yep. And just a whole mixture of other people you recognize from stuff, mm-hmm. but you can't entirely pick out right away. For mm-hmm. example, Chris Marquette, who plays uh, one of the friends in this, mm-hmm. was in another good dark romantic comedy favorite of mine the girl, the girl next, next door, door. Yeah. but it took me half the movie to figure that out mm. and when i finally grabbed my phone he also i just finally thought of it drove me nuts <laughs> until right now he was in the first season of barry on hbo it's the written and directed by um fuck what is his name he has funny teeth his funny teeth. Um, and he was Stefan on Saturday Night Live. Bill, uh, oh, Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Hader yes. with his funny teeth? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I love Bill Hader. Yeah. He plays his uh, war vet friend. And it's a brutal. Is it a comedy show? Yeah. But it's also. Dark. Yeah. I love Bill Hader. It's so good. He is single-handedly the reason that I want to get an Al Pacino accent. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever watched it? He does a great Keith Morrison. He does a great everyone. Yeah. The, one of the funniest skits on Saturday Night Live that they have done in years. A reoccurring one is where mm-hmm. they do anniversaries of movies and they show the fake uh, uh, casting mm-hmm. call for it. Have you seen any of those? No. There's one for Star Trek. There's one for mm. uh, Back to the Future. And it has him doing Al Pacino. <laughs> as uh, the the doc role he's like Marty we gotta get back to the future <laughs> this is a wild fucking movie you're making here it's hysterical he's so great and Al Pacino or he, Bill Hader Bill Hader he was <laughs> discovered by Megan Mullally he happened to be friends with Nick Offerman's brother and they did like some sketch comedy together and then Nick was like Check this out, Megan. And she went and saw them and she talked to Lauren Michaels and was like, this guy is funny. That's amazing. Yeah. If you had to pick one holiday romantic comedy that you would recommend to people to watch that maybe they haven't either from this list or elsewhere, do you have oh, one? Gosh. I mean, I don't know if it's a holiday. It takes place. I watched it on Christmas night. So I think of it as a holiday rom-com. <laughs> But I it really, takes place in June. Bear with me. I really think everyone should watch Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. With Lacey Chabert. Yeah. I mean, it is a solid, ridiculous, awesome. Yeah. Written by one Mr. Corbin Burnson, who also yeah. makes an appearance as, I believe, a bike. He fixes mechanic, bikes or something. Yeah, yeah mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, you know what, Sarah? Since it's you mentioned so since you mentioned that one, I'll, I'll mention the I was with you watching that last year, mm-hmm. uh, and also that night we watched the movie that I'm going to recommend. That is actually the movie that we're talking about today. Just, Just friends. friends. We watched both of those movies in one night, yeah. and your husband. 
I thought I was bitched about it. Oh, I thought steam was going to come out of his yeah. ears because we, we were just chatterboxing. <laughs> and he got to the point near the end, I don't know if you remember this, where he would pause the movie the minute we started talking <laughs> and he wouldn't start it again until we stopped. So what, what would have been this hour and a half movie of Just Friends? Because mm-hmm. I think we started with the the Christian Mingle, mm-hmm. moved into Just Friends, and Christian, uh, <laughs> Just Friends is an hour and a half. You're in, you're out, it's great. Yeah. It had to take us three hours. And that was actually the impetus kind of to us doing this realizing we like these movies and being chatterboxes and annoying your husband so yeah. today we're talking about the 2005 romantic comedy just friends coming in an hour and 36 minutes Ooh. does not feel that short to me no but i don't doesn't. mean that in a bad no, way no it really doesn't it, it, it is uh 6.2 on imdb 47 on metacritic 87 percent on google all these movies huh. float about the same like hmm. romantic comedies are about fives to sixes on imdb yeah 80s to 90s on google I had seen this movie prior to watching it with you last year. Mm, that was I'd your first time it. seeing yeah. it. And I usually just catch it on TV here and there. Mm-hmm. That's how I first became aware of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really do like this movie mm-hmm. a lot. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's great. Before we dive into this, probably a good idea to have you give just a real quick one minute summary. I feel like this is one of those really good movies where if someone hasn't seen it, they can get the gist of it pretty quick. But I really suggest watching it. But yeah. but go. Okay, so... Ryan Reynolds is best friends with Amy Smart in high school. He weighed, what, 50, 60 pounds more? Oh, keep going. I 80 mean, pounds more? Uh, I, yeah, I think they said they put about 80 to 100 pounds okay, on him. Okay, they the... put him in a fat suit with the prosthetics and everything. And he's clearly friend-zoned and so in love with her. And writes her a note in the yearbook, goes to her house where there's a wild party, hit inadvertently switches yearbooks and it gets read aloud that he wants to be more than friends with her. And then it just brutally, she gives him a kiss on the cheek and is like, friends forever. And then it cuts to 10 years later. He's out in LA. He's really thin and good looking, like the Ryan Reynolds we know and love. And he's like a music producer. And he has to deal with Anna Ferris's character, Samantha, who's this huge, vapid pop star, take her to Paris over Christmas. She accidentally starts the plane on fire. They have to land in New Jersey. They end up going to his house. He runs back into Amy Smart and his old friends. Hilarity ensues. He tries to get her back. There's this whole thing with Chris Klein also going for her. He makes a fool of himself. He goes back to L.A. He realizes he wants to be with her. He shows back up at her house, and they end up together. The end. That was a pretty good synopsis of the film, as usual. But I would say Anna Faris steals this movie. Absolutely. She's so good. And the lines, I was just looking at quotes to choose a quote to say at the beginning. All of the great quotes are hers. She's so fucking funny, and it's just well written. Well, for people who haven't seen it, nuts. she basically is playing an amalgamation of like Britney Spears, mm-hmm. Christine Aguilera, that time of female pop star yeah. where it's like you know overly overly sexualized, she's questionable talent. Claims that she's vegetarian, but eats sushi and whatever else. You know, says she's humanitarian. What was the picture of her? She was in Africa holding a chicken or something Mm -hmm. on a poster. And talking about trying to bring vegetarianism to tribes of Africa. (laughs) Yeah, no, she absolutely, she stole the thing. And do you know that they were, at one point, the ending of this, they had kind of an alternate ending Mm -hmm. chunk where she 
was playing. It turns out she had really good. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks to Chris, and they kind of reference it in the movie as it is, but you kind of can miss it, Mm -hmm. um, that she actually wrote an amazing album because she was so mad and hurt at him and they Mm -hmm. show her playing on the piano and it's a actually beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah, So, so, Mm -hmm. but they changed that. Yeah, they did. They Uh, cut all that. Yeah. Because the, the because they thought that she's so funny and she's been so funny this whole movie. It's not really fair to end her character on a serious note. They need to keep her, in this kind of insane place. Yeah, which in one way kind of stinks because it's fun to see a character have an arc. Mm-hmm. But again, for hers, she was cr- endlessly entertaining being yeah. a psychotic yeah. woman. He said that he took her on one date and he ended up in the hospital. And this was like a few months ago. And his <laughs> boss basically forces him to deal with her. And, and within five seconds of seeing him she like throws him down on a couch and takes his pants most of the way off and then starts singing him a song that she wrote about forgiveness. Oh my God. That song has been stuck in my head for the last three days. No, they said that they thought that Chris Klein's song, Jamie smiles was going to be the breakout song of the movie that people would walk out remembering. (laughs) They're like, no one remembered that thing. Everyone remembered just forgiveness. Yeah. And she never actually really is more than than saying sorry. sorry. (laughs) The whole thing about time. Time, 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 time. <laughs> she said that in order to get that like crazy aggressive energy, she drank Red Bull after Red Bull between takes. Jesus. To just keep herself like hyped up. When, when she went to... do you, Okay, so another trivia fact. Uh-huh. She goes to play an open mic and it ends up being at a metal bar. Yeah. And she jumps into the crowd. Mm-hmm. The guy she jumps onto the crowd is the writer, Tex. Oh, really? Yeah. Adam the, Tex Davis? Yeah. Let me walk you through what come up as some of his other movies other than just Friends. All right. Uh, Gardener of Eden. Not sure what that is. Huh. Spring Break Lawyer. Oh. Seems more in the wheelhouse of just Friends, probably. A it's dark like a... comedy called Killing Time. Huh. So we've got whatever Gardner Ravine is. Let's. I'm going to assume it's a comedy, perhaps, because it, it plays to what I want it to be. And then 14 Minutes from Earth, a documentary about that guy that skydove in 2014 oh, from yeah. like basically space. Huh. So this guy's this guy's all over the place. Wow. And he is varied interest. And he is really funny. Not just in the writing. This DVD has one of the funniest audio commentaries to it huh. if you didn't listen to it all the the guys that were involved in it tex chris richard yeah those guys they are real friends hmm. and so when they t- did the dvd thing together it is them just ripping on each other hmm. less talking about the movie and just making fun of each other and how the one guy i can't remember which one it was but one of them never made it up Bender. To, yeah never made it to regina pregnant <laughs> and pre- i would say easily a quarter of the dvd commentary is them <laughs> making, making fun, fun of him, him for not coming yeah <laughs> it, i would suggest listening to that if you enjoy well, in the special features they do a behind the scenes shooting in saskatchewan whole thing mm-hmm. and talk about how they have to put like car battery blankets around the gear heads and anything they can to keep stuff warm they make tents around the cameras and then what's his and bender the guy i can't remember his first name um is always shown like talking about how cold it is wearing a hat and wearing a coat and then at the end they're like okay cut He's like, God, it's getting hot in here. And he takes off all his stuff and they show that he was in a green screen. He just walks out the front door of the studio and it's like clearly L.A. And he's like, this is embarrassing. Cut. It's clearly 
clearly done for. I mean, you could tell joke. that these guys had a great time yeah. filming it, and and Regina, Saskatchewan, yeah. is where they did it. It you know, looked miserable. You know what You're else right. was filmed in Regina, Saskatchewan? I have no idea. Most of the movies that you just named on Netflix, really, Hallmark does the vast majority of their movies. In Regina. Really? There's a gazebo, apparently, a gazebo in Regina that's in like every fucking Hallmark movie, Hallmark Christmas movie. It's like where people go to do these. Really? Why? Yeah. I wonder why Regina, like just killer tax Probably, credits I assume they do something tax wise, but it's also always cold. There's always snow on the ground. You can get that Christmassy look. Anytime in, the, in five months, you know, it's consistent. And I like cold weather over hot. It yeah. looked so terrible oh, and yeah. so shitty, especially yeah. when you saw the behind the scenes thing and you see uh, Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart and they're just wearing yeah. like kind of light jackets I as know. though it's because it's supposed to be in New Jersey and yeah. everyone else on set is wearing parkas. And like you said, the equipment is wrapped in blankets and heaters. Anna Ferris said it was so cold that she wanted to laugh when she came outside. She was like, ha 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 because it's so cold. And you and then it shows a take of her of Ryan Reynolds dragging her outside and she goes, ha 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 and it's like, oh, you're that's like you're really reacting to being dragged out of the house into the freezing cold. <laughs> they showed one thing of it being negative 50 in Regina <sighs> and negative 50 on Mars on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of the I mean, all the extras are Canadian. A lot of the kids in that ice um, hockey scene were wearing Canucks jerseys that they just covered up with shirts. Lots of Canadians. And obviously, Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. One part about this movie that I absolutely loved is when Ryan Reynolds goes back home from L.A. and gets stuck there. Mm -hmm. He just slowly regresses into oh, old self, his old self in he, every single. I don't think he saw that slowly. No, uh, I think it, like he's like I'm gonna kept, play this loop. We're not gonna do a day date, and then she's she's like, yeah, you want to meet for lunch? She's like, during the day, and she's like, yeah, and he's like, okay, like he just immediately well, no, it, it's, reverts. It's, it's that. Then all of a sudden he gets hit in the face, and then he's wearing his braces yeah, again. That's true. Then his mom gives him his, his old retainer. clothes. Yeah, his retainer, his yeah. old clothes. Because well, he wants to play the sensitive guy too. Well, it, yes, there is yeah. a reason for him doing, but still he regresses mm -hmm. back yeah. into that. And he's digging around in the garage for his ice skates, and he's like. <laughs> Mom, where are my skates? She's like, why would I keep that stuff? And he's like, I got to show off my talents. <laughs> I'm good now and I need to show off my talent was <laughs> yeah. the line. Oh my yeah. God, that was... So Do you know what? Uh, the mom in this uh -huh. who played such an excellent, airy, yeah. aloof character. Do you know uh, what she is from? No, it's driving me crazy too. I know no, I, I know her. No, no, I, you're, this is going to hit you okay. like an absolute... T Do you want me to kind of hint to you to sure. see if you figure it out? Classic comedy. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh, Naked Gun? No. Well, shit. Oh, Airplane. Airplane. There yes. we go. Yes. Airplane. Yes. That was driving me crazy because yeah. her voice is just so distinctive. And she just plays the perfect mom in it. Oh, gosh. I mean, she's so good. Joyce, what are you doing at Joyce's house? Mom, I'm on the phone. <laughs> she's so great well, then, and they're so sweet to her even though they're awful 
he and his brother are like 10 years apart and they're awful to each other but they're so sweet to her i love you mom and then they just beat the shit out of each other the scene where ryan reynolds thought he was going to go on a date to the notebook with amy smart mm-hmm. and then chris klein shows up mm-hmm. and then invites ryan reynolds mom, mom to come yeah. so that that actually happened to i i could have sworn it was the writer it oh may have been God. one of the producers but it wasn't the mom that came a girl that he was just friends with mm-hmm. showed up and brought a friend along to go to a romantic movie oh. so it was like a third wheel thing he was just like you've got to be fucking kidding me so that's where they kind of wrote off of that of a yeah, guy that showed so up awful. well even getting more into it there's a whole chunk in this movie about the awkward body hug that they do oh, at yeah. one point the shaking and they made him on set show them the awkward body hug because he said i that was from his real life he actually <laughs> oh, ended no. a, a date ish or whatever you want to call it not a date a just friends thing with the girl where he went in for the hu- the kiss she moved he had her hand and moved and then all of a sudden he's like i didn't know what i was doing he just kind of like, like picked her up and started rocking <laughs> and there's a, a video on the dvd oh, no. of him on set showing them how to do it and everybody's just like shaking their heads like you've got to be fucking kidding That's me brutal. well so much of this movie we seems to come out of this experience that i know a lot of guys have had in some way Mm -hmm. do girls have this not as much is it as universal i I don't know because i'd like you to speak for your entire gender in a declarative fashion if possible she does stephanie well because i can tell you i i know know i've ever been friends and i know i know i have been once that i can think of Mm mm-hmm and I'm sure other times that I've just entirely I'm definitely blocked. friends on somebody. Really? Consciously? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Wait, okay, walk me through this. <laughs> yeah, answer. I, feel, I still feel guilty about yeah, it. Yeah, answer for yourself. Uh, this poor kid was, like, we we went to such a small school that, like, I've known him since he moved here in third grade, and he'd definitely gotten heavier and just ran in a different circle than me more of a nerd squad circle Mm -hmm. but i was still friendly with them and i think i was talking to him on i know i was talking to him on aim but i can't remember how we got started talking and then i was just talking about boys in general or something like that and then he's like, what, like me? And I was like, well, I guess like you, but I don't really know. And it was like he was taking this window of opportunity to try to like make something happen. I was like, eh, maybe, I don't know. And I feel like I kind of let him on via AIM. Just this one conversation? Yeah. Or you mean this was more than one conversation? No, this, this one conversation. And then I was like, oh, shit, I don't know how to back out of this i can't remember exactly what i said but it was like yeah it could be maybe i guess i'll see you tomorrow in class or something you know and then i saw him in spanish class and he like looked at me expectantly and i totally just like turned and walked away oh no and we never spoke again. No, that's not real. I wouldn't call that just friending someone. That was, you know. I could like see his heart breaking. Yeah, but that's, no, that's not just friendsing at all. That No, no. I, I don't count that. No, your heart, okay. your, your, your soul is clean here. I don't know. That's pretty bad. There was definitely a girl in high school that, I mean, looking back, you know, you're 16 and hormones are raging. That, looking back, we were friends. She was not interested in me at all. Um <laughs> 
I'd say a couple times made it pretty clear, but I would defend myself and say a couple times, not so clear lady, but for mm. the most part, pretty darn clear. Um, and I just remember pining after her. So in, in like Ooh. this kind of fashion where it's like any, any thing that was said, you, you turned as positive as it could be. And then your heart, br- it's like you just set yourself up. So mm-hmm. I definitely identify with this movie. Yeah, there was one other instance. I joined the band and I was the only female. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was the only female well, trumpet well, player. I, I picture you as the seductress of the trumpet section. I was. I was the only girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was the only girl. And I had already dated the other trumpet player, but he broke up with me. And then I was sitting next to my friend who's a year younger. And we just got along really well. And I really liked hanging out with him, but I had absolutely no interest in him Mm. at all. And I don't think that he necessarily had any specific interest in me either. But I asked him, he was a sophomore and I was a junior and I asked him to prom and I was like, we, you know, I just want to go as friends. This will be fun. It was when we went to prom on the Ohio River mm. down in Cincinnati. So it's a whole thing. You're with this person from like 5 p.m. till midnight, you know, on a bus down there for an hour, mm-hmm. on a boat you can't get out of, and then on a bus back home. Mm. And I was like, this will be fun. He's fun. This will be great. But that seemed like the next step for him, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, I can. You know? uh, yeah. But I was, I feel like fairly clearly like, let's just go as friends. But but to play devil's advocate, having been a 16 year old guy, <laughs> what was your tone of voice when you said, let's go just as friends? Well, I don't know. It was 18 years ago. Well, I'm just saying there's, that's how insane it is at that age with this stuff. Yeah. Is it, you could, you could literally say, I don't like you. And, mm-hmm. and it. And if it was in the right tone, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I see what you're say. doing there. I mean, I, I swear to God. Well, the, he handled it very poorly because then that was like how many mid-May. Guys, how many guys and handled then, the, the, the just friends, friend well, zoning thing well? No, because he totally blew up our friendship and never spoke to me again, basically. Like we sat next to each other in band and i was like we were good friends we had a lot of fun together just because i don't want to make out with you you're gonna like fucking destroy our friendships like that's how fragile his ego was Uh, okay i i don't know if i would take it as fragile ego okay the way i see it and and again this is we're we're on two luckily sides of this so it's an interesting conversation Mm. but uh the way i see it is this though if I was friends with a girl. I then developed a serious crush on her. She said no. Mm-hmm. Depending on how serious that crush was, I might have to ripcord it as well. Because if it was going to be like my heart was getting ripped out of my chest every time I ran into her. She was which like actively that... mean after that. <sighs> like, well, it's 16. Spoke to me never again. <sighs> You know, or if at all, as briefly as possible about some sheet music we were working on. That really sounds and like a 16 year old guy that can't like handle his emotions and just was trying to get away from the situation. Mm. I mean, I hate to tell you now this many years later, I mean, that's it felt like he was it, punishing me for not reciprocating his feelings. No, no, I'm not saying what he did is necessarily the right way to handle it. What I'm saying is that I can see it 
that just at that age, your your emotions are overrun. You can't control them. Mm-hmm. And that probably seemed like the best way. I'm in my 30s. I would probably handle the situation pretty similar <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> I, but I, it's like, I wanted to be like, get over it, dude. Like, I sat next to my ex-boyfriend who broke up with me pretty brutally. And we were still speaking. And like, I had enough, like, maturity to still be fine with him and then he started dating my friend and we're sitting right next to each other every day in band i couldn't handle that i can tell you i especially at 16 Hmm. i'm just saying when you're that age your hormones are going crazy when you're a guy you can't see straight you don't care for 16 year old guys isn't it great that we don't i don't care for betas who think they deserve things (laughs) like even in the commentary when they're interviewing people in the that got into the just friends zone, mm. one of the like I don't know if it was like a cameraman or someone behind the scenes was talking about how he got friend zoned and then when he met his wife, he was very clear and he said I I want to go on a date with you. I want to take you out just us and I expect a kiss at the end. And I was like, "Fuck you, expect a kiss at the end. I'll fucking kiss you if I want to." <laughs> Like, that pissed me off yesterday. I watched that with Brian, and then I swore a blue streak, and I'm still mad about it. I'm like, fuck you. I don't owe you a kiss. I expect a kiss at the end. Well, fuck you and your kiss. What if he said it like, I think you're assuming he said it in like a very demanding, declaratory fashion. What if it was a more playful, like, there's not a playful way to say that? I was very specific with her. Specific doesn't mean stern means he chose his words. I don't give a shit how you say it. <laughs> it's stupid and beta and weird. See, I nobody deserves things because they take you out. Like, <laughs> fuck that. I, I do agree with you on that. People just thinking they deserve <sighs> things. And that's why when you hear Men. some of these people complain about, oh, she put me in the front. I don't know any girl who's like, I bought you dinner. Show me that dick. Like, What? Girls don't do that. No, you're right. And I, but I, I also agree that people that are like, oh, she put me in the friend zone, blah, blah, blah. Like, like you're saying, oh, I bought you, I'm entitled to this. Like, yeah. no, if then you find out she's not interested and you do, and, and you don't want a friendship or anything like that, yeah, have the guts to just rip cord and get out of there. Yeah. You know, if you know that's what you want and she mm-hmm. makes it clear that's not what she wants, yeah. why pit her about and be pissy and shitty and all that? Mm-hmm. You know, but that comes with age. 16 year old Justin, like I've yeah. established, did not have that viewpoint. Well, Could and not I see think that. people get into the friend zone when they have shared circumstances, right? Like you are together in a way that. Either you are in class every day together or, you know, when you're in high school or I guess in our life, it would be you work together, but that's a lot more dicey. So I think it seems like it's more of a young person's thing to get friend zoned, because if it's something where you're in your 20s and you're getting friend zoned, either she is being a huge B or he is being a huge B and leading you along on purpose like fucking rufus sewell in um the holiday purposely Mm. leading her along so that he his ego can be stroked by her and he can get things from her because she's still in love with him or you are deluding yourself in this horrible way but i think once you're out of high school and you have like a full-time job and you're a person or even once you're out of college you don't you don't get in the friend zone unless 
you're both complicit in it. Well, I guess that that was going to be my question is, is there an age where the friend zone does kind of wear off? Or is this another thing where you're saying it's 100 percent situational? Because I I would think to me, this is another one of those both because it's also maturity. You have the maturity to realize this is stupid. Yeah. Because, again, I go back to 16 year old Justin who didn't know anything. By the time it was 22 year old Justin, you know, I'd seen some things. I'd been through some things. I knew the world a little better to know that this is so new when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't first love like the fucking worst? Yeah. Oh God, you couldn't pay me enough. I told my mom I was gonna marry this kid, and she laughed at me. And I like better. I was like, I bet you five hundred dollars. I'm gonna marry this kid that I liked in eighth grade. Do you ever think about that as a parent? Like, I guess I owe her five hundred (laughs) dollars. I'm gonna remind her next time I see her. But is that weird as a parent to think of that stuff that your kid's gonna come to you one day and be so uncontrollably yeah. head over heels for someone and you're just gonna and you can't laugh in their face. But you'll Well, watch, she did. Oh well your mom did. Yeah, okay. I guess you can laugh in their face. Like I think back I to remember. some of the um, like when I really, when I pined over the, this one girl, I still remember like the kindness with which when I like, I was obviously down, like that my mom would treat me when looking back, it's like quite obvious that I was acting stupid. <laughs> uh, I, I had, she had every reason to just go like, pull it together. Yeah. But you know, like, but she didn't, she treated me with, you know, a lot of kindness and Aww. like, you know, kind of you know nurtured me in a way. I don't know if that's exactly the right yeah, word, no, but, um, and treated me with She's respect. Being motherly. When, yeah. When honestly, like if I had a kid that acted like that, I don't know that I could keep a straight face because yeah. I'd just be like, I've been there, man. This just sucks. <laughs> just, it's fine. You're not going to, okay. You're not going to marry her. Move yeah. on. Um, but you don't know that at the time. I know, you don't you know don't. it. You don't know. So then do you agree with any of these kind of friend zone rules that they postulate in this? Like the, the never let a girl, never go to lunch with a girl you're interested in until it's kind of, like next stage yeah okay i think that's a good policy what about though what about okay because i i had a move in college not a dinner not like a date you wanted something a little more casual Mm -hmm. like a late afternoon coffee or tea yeah that's better because it's it's casual it's a little later but it's not like an actual sit down you know you're not too committed mm-hmm. like i had a thing with a guy who's a year older than me he was my senior year prom date the one who was in college Ooh. um who he we both worked at the country club together and we would hang out during the day and it kind of morphed into then we did go to a few movies together but we would also like fuck around and like i taught him like some field hockey moves out on like the field in the summer and like he came over to my house and just like more like random day stuff and i think both of us didn't know what we were doing like neither of us knew if we were friend zoning each other or not yeah it was kind of like what are what is this what are we doing here and we just kept hanging out but it was never really clear and then he went to college and i started my senior year and we kept in touch on aim and i saw him over christmas and then he got out like may 1st and i was like you want to go to prom it's like sure because his brother was a senior so we went to prom and had fun danced a lot and then like went back to his house that night and watched a movie and then made out guess we decided that we weren't friends anymore and then 
I went home and never saw him again. <laughs> like he, he, I went to he just a different college. You? He went to a different college and it was like. Did you ever talk after that? I don't think like so. Like even, you didn't even AIM? Uh, maybe once or twice. I don't know. I was going to say, so did you ghost him or did he ghost you? I don't know. It's like we both you were both mutually ghosted? very confused about the entire thing the whole time. That's another And part- it was just like we both knew like we're going to different schools. We have different shit going on. This, I don't know. But that does bring up another point that this movie had kind of addresses at one point when Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart almost hook up. She spends the night in his bedroom when he's oh older and God. he's thin and all that. It, it, going off of what you just said in your story, how much would you pay to be able in at least one of those awkward moments in your life be able to read the other person's mind oh, just to yeah. know what's going on for one instant? Because I can think sure. of at least four to five off the top of my head that I just was like scared and stiff as a board and Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do. And now looking back, I'm like, it literally could not have been any cleaner. Like you, like you obviously, you could have operated completely differently and the situation would have been much smoother uh, because that's kind of the, the, in my head, what kind of went well. And also in the movie too, he thought, you know, we're going in different directions in different situations akin to yours. Yeah. This was your, wow, this was your just friends movie yeah, moment. That's true. Wow. That's true. I wish, I really wish you could just get in another person's head in some of those. Well, and I don't think that I'm a very good candidate for being friend zoned because my ego is too fragile and I don't like amb- ambiguity. Mm-hmm. So like your roommate who I like, just made out with and then rip corded and ran away. Like I'm apt to push it till I know the answer and then skedaddle on out of there. Mm-hmm. Like done. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want this. This is bad. Bye. Mm-hmm. Like I don't hang around. I don't want to like be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a real fear of rejection, I guess, or, you know, if you don't like me, I don't want to fucking... Yeah, but that doesn't sound like a fear of rejection to me. To me, that sounds like the exact opposite. Like, I'm going to find out, and if it's not, then I'm just I'm not going to waste my time on this. Yeah. Whereas myself, Sarah, I will <laughs> mire in the middle for a really long time. Uh, a, a, a shockingly long time. Yeah. And just live in that gray zone of not figuring anything out because, you know... Mm-hmm. It, to progress I might get my feelings hurt yeah. you know what I mean so I, that gray zone's where Justin has uh, lived see, for so no, much of his I life know, yeah. and then be like bye yeah see I wish <laughs> I had out. that see to me that's that's not being scared of getting hurt to me that's like being brave about it Ugh. I think it's like I need the fucking answer I cannot live with this gray I need this answer <laughs> and I don't like it you do tend to head problems off pretty good yeah I do not yeah, I hide. I hide my true. head in the sand, but I can't. We all can't deal be perfect with it. in everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a boyfriend. This makes me sound like I had like a million guys. It really does, and I love this. Even though it's probably like what, like seven to ten, but it's all the same yeah. stories repeat, or you know, all I the guess. same guys getting rotated. Yeah. This kid who like was like so into me. I didn't find him all that attractive, but he like paid me a ton of attention and thought I was so pretty and we worked at Dorothy Lane together so we started dating and on like it was around Valentine's Day and went to the Valentine's Day dance at my school but he went to the Catholic school and then like two weeks later I find out through my friend that 
he didn't like me as much as he thought he did, but he would just stay with me to see how much he could get, like, like to get some. And I called him that day and was like, I'm not interested. Goodbye. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you so hard. And he never knew that I knew that, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, no. And then I was at UD junior year at the um, Legion. We used to go to the Legion and sing karaoke with all the veterans. It was super classy. Absolutely. And I saw him out of the corner of my eye. He'd gained like 30 pounds. And I was like, oh, fuck. I know that guy. Pretended I hadn't seen him. He came up and was like, hey, Sarah. And I was like, hey. And I pretend, like I legit, I don't know how well I did it because I was very drunk, but I legit pretended I didn't know him. And he's like, it's me, this guy. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. And I could tell that he like, again, thought that I was super hot. And I was like, this guy, bye. And the next, I I don't know if he got my phone number. I can't remember. But the next day he called me and he's like, hey, I'm driving to Miami today with friends. I just wanted to know if you wanted to go with me. And I was like, no, thanks. Nope, not interested. And just hung up. <laughs> wow. Look at you. And I was just like, dude, fuck you. You lost it six years ago. Like, <laughs> so you really get to piss Sarah off one yeah. time and then you're just you're done. done. Oh no. And cause it pissed me off too, because I never like really liked him. And the one time I kissed him, it was like kissing a fish. It was awful. And then he <laughs> has the audacity to say that he didn't like me as much as he thought. And I'm like, fuck you. He called pants trousers and he used to eat with his shirt off in front of the mirror and call me and tell me about it. And I was like, no, Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Can we walk this back just a second? <laughs> yeah. The pants trousers thing, I will overlook that. You're going to need to walk the dog a little bit on that second part. Yeah. He would eat in, in front, front of, of a mirror, mirror with his shirt with off. His shirt off yeah. He's and like, then, oh, I just spilled my burrito on my sh- on my chest. I'm okay, like, what, wait. Are you like, not wearing clothes? He's so like, I don't usually eat with clothes on. I'm like, ew. Wait, so he's... I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> I have to know more. So he's standing in front of a mirror eating with no shirt on or he's he's sitting in a chair why the mirror i don't know so that if he spills food he sees it immediately yeah maybe or he was like weirdly like body image obsessed i think it was like he had heard like if you eat in front of a mirror you eat less or something what yeah what yeah i've seen him on facebook he's gained lots and lots of weight so he apparently he stopped, stopped eating in, in front, front of, of the mirror, mirror <laughs> with his shirt off. Yeah. I just, okay, but you said without clothes on is what he said. Or without a shirt, yeah. No, no, because they're two different things. I don't remember. We've had like a few. How is this few... not burned tr- into your memory? I was, memory. again, 18 years ago. Yeah, this would be, bur- if someone told me they <sighs> ate in front of a mirror without clothes on. We had like two separate phone calls when he would like call me and say weird things about his trousers so he told you more than once he ate in front of a mirror with his shirt off he didn't tell me more than once he was eating in front of a mirror while talking to me on the phone (laughs) and at the time this didn't ring as odd to you oh yeah it It definitely did but i was like whatever i want to date to the valentine stands oh my god that's fantastic yeah plus my friend was dating his friend and she really wanted this to happen so i was like okay here we go And it was awful. I absolutely. And I was like, "You have the fucking audacity to say that you don't like me that much." 
Fuck you, dude. I have just found to get back to the movie a little bit in the Just Friends thing mm-hmm. or the idea of Just Friends. Yeah. He wrote her 100 Reasons Why Jamie yeah. is the Best. That's so sweet. Now, did you freeze no. the screen and read mm-hmm. some of them? Or okay. like the top three. Uh, well, there, yeah, because there's you only see like maybe six or seven of them are noticeable, but yeah. there was She Loves Animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have screen glare. No, this will be probably the best one. There's She Loves Animals. She wears the coolest clothes, especially that low-cut pink shirt with the lace sides. There's one oh after that that is crossed. I used to have a shirt like that. Really? Man, yeah. I feel like 2005 was... That was the look. Like, that's like like college. Like, that's the shit I wore in college. Like, tight bootleg jeans with longer shirts that had lace on the bottom, like longer camisole shirts with lace on the bottom. Like, Wait, that boot, was my jam. Bootleg jeans, to be clear. Uh, like, the boot leg cut. was cut for boots, not jeans that were, like, rip-offs. Boot cut oh, jeans. Oh, you said bootleg jeans. Did I? Yes, because oh. bootleg to me. I was just making sure you weren't wearing counterfeit jeans. Oh, jeez. Uh, she always has a tissue when I sneeze, so I don't have to use my gym shorts like that one Ew. time in eighth grade. Aww. She puts powder in her shoes. How <laughs> chic. Uh, she never laughs when people mock me. Uh, she always sneaks me pretzels from the football team at parties. Did did a solid. Did a guy ever do none of your friend zoney type guys did anything crazy like that for you, right? You never got I like have a, another one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How many boyfriends I did you have? I this started with know. you going like I maybe friend zoned <laughs> one guy to now a guy with eating in front of a mirror with no pants and now oh, a, uh, lay it on me, Sarah. This other guy was so sweet. He was two years older than me. And Ooh, another older man? Yeah. Jeez, you like him old, don't you? I guess so. And we still keep in touch. Just a really sensitive, sweet guy made me a mixed CD of like awesome, like Weezer songs and things of that era. And we started dating the summer before he was going to go to college. So it was weird because I was like, I'm going to be a junior and you're going to start your freshman year of college which you know how's that gonna work and we'd only dated like a month or six weeks and hadn't even kissed but I knew I just like didn't feel that way about him like I really liked hanging out with him I thought he was awesome but it was like I don't really want to like kiss you I don't have that like feeling of wanting to kiss you and I was like, I think we're just better as friends, you know, whatever. But we kept in touch and he would write me these long emails about like how he never felt this way about anyone else and all this stuff about how great I was. And it was like, well, it's also your freshman year and you're lonely and you're like down in Ohio, you by yourself. And he finally, like I didn't respond the way he wanted and he finally stopped but it was also just one of those heartbreaking things where it's like, I really like being friends with you. Like from the girl perspective, I really like being friends with him. Mm. But he wanted more. They, The other guy, the trumpet player, wanted more. And I, you know, eventually was like, I can't make you happy. And this guy was always very sweet and never like was mean or like decided like fuck you like the trumpet player was but 
it's still like <laughs> from the girl perspective brutal to be like this i know you want something that i don't want but i should have kept some of those emails it would help my ego do those ever i've written an email or two like that yeah yeah mm-hmm. they never work do they no, no they don't yeah it's know. not good one of us has been on one side of this movie. The other one has been on the Funny other side. Funny thing is, of the I movie. was not the hot girl in school at all. I was not one of the popular kids. You're recounting an awful lot of suitors. I just like made money moves on the side or something. Like, I don't know. I mean, I joined the band junior year of high school, I was on the academic team. Like, I'm not like going to party. I never went to a single high school party. The first time I ever drank in high school was senior prom. Like, not doing it up. And yet, I guess I had, had something. Had a wild life, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like from your stories, though, you kind of did almost encounter a Chris Klein-type character where it was a guy that just thought he was going to get some action and, and move along. It was kind of putting up airs a little bit, right? The one guy you said... Chris Klein later... Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Klein later in the movie, the so later confident. You, Chris you've Klein. kind of experienced that a little bit. It sounds like yeah. maybe, yeah. That's disturbing. So Chris Klein was like ten times more attractive than this guy. He had a lot of say, I guess, in that character. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he came up God, with. The, I think like that's his best character he's ever played. It was super entertaining. Yeah, yeah. he the double neck guitar was his idea. Oh my god! And. And these sound like small things. They just mentioned in the director's commentary thing. They mm-hmm. were like, yeah, and when when he came in to pick up uh, the mom and Ryan Reynolds for the mm-hmm. movie, it was his idea to call the mom by her first name. Yeah. And the minute they said that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that is like the douchey yes. chill thing that's like, I oh, I, it's a parent I haven't seen in 10 mm-hmm. years. Like, Paula. we're on the same level. Yeah. yeah. What is that? I, I still feel weird. Dusty. I still call most of our friends' parents by Mr. Yeah. Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so mm-hmm. until they expressly tell me, call me, you know, by my first yeah. name. And even then, I usually revert I back to back the other one. I switched back and forth. God, Dusty. I mean, they played him so well when he was nerdy back in 1995 and had zits all over his face and that long, like, weirdly greasy and yet also fluffy hair. And he's, like, trying to sing that song. Did you oh. ever guy sing you a, a song? Yeah. Did you? Uh-huh. I was going to say because you've had everything else happen to you. Yeah, the the guy who wrote me the nice emails, he, oh. he was also a guitar player. Was it like when Sarah smiles, yeah. it takes you miles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was a huge selling point to this guy. Like, playing the guitar. Oh, yeah, that is... I like that. I mean, every dude... Okay, so that guy... Then my senior prom date also played the guitar for me. Then um, guy in college that I liked, but he didn't really like me. He used to play the guitar and I was like, you're so good. And then Brian and I'm like, yeah, play that guitar. You have, yeah, you have a type older Mm -hmm. guitar playing. That's about all I got. You have a, (laughs) but you have a type in that much. With a scar. In a scar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you do like scars. Like scars. So do you think in this movie then, was Jamie leading him on? Was she was she being kind of cruel to him? That's a good him? question. Because as I was watching it- I don't it, think she ever intended 
the early because he seems to stress through this movie like you have no idea what you put me through like that type of stuff Mm -hmm. as though she was wicked to him in high school but what Mm -hmm. they show us of them in high school their best friends it seems like they were just friends yeah and now when he comes back in town I don't think she led him on really until maybe like a little bit further in Mm -hmm. when she was actually becoming interested but I kind of I mean that's what's so hard about high school is because they clearly were very very good friends Mm -hmm. but if you can't you know it's like wading into water deep water like you all of a sudden they're like well I, I actually really like her but but we're developing this friendship and if you're 16 you don't know how the hell to make that switch you know and then you also have your own body issues he weighs 80 pounds more and you know gets made fun of all the time like you don't have the self-confidence or even the self-awareness necessarily to tell her when she also comes across as being like pretty hot shit at this school yeah football parties and yeah the guys that she's dated a lot of guys and i mean he gets the rough end of things a lot but he also lets himself be a punching bag in a way you know, you know the one thing that did make me kind of mad at her character though that makes me think maybe she did kind of lead him on somewhat hmm. he left that party and they lead us to believe that's like the last time they spoke yeah like he leaves a party that upset and she's just like well i know that's up. the thing and well she does say when he comes back she does say i've n- I never heard from you so maybe she tried to reach out a few times he lives and, like a block away he, it sounds like he moved like the next day yeah, I, I don't know i find day. that i find that hard to believe that so i i don't think okay so where i guess i land is that she didn't lead him on but she may not have been a very good person yeah is at least the most i mean i if I were her and I had him as such a good friend like that, like a best friend, clearly, good enough friend to make t-shirts like that, I would feel so sad to not have that person in my life anymore. Like really bummed yeah. to not have that emotional support. I mean, they were so close. And then nothing. That would be really hard. Yeah, I think there's a whole other side to this movie that... I'd like know to know that, Yeah, more about her, but this is a movie from his point of view. Yeah, know? yeah. I don't but know. From her I don't side, know her it's intentions. The, but from her side, flip it and think of a movie from her side. All of a sudden, it's a story of a girl that lost her best friend. She doesn't know why. He comes back, treats her like shit. <laughs> it's really strange. Yeah, and then they get close again she and he ends up yelling at her. There. Yeah. Yeah. She tries to, like show she's interested in him and then it just fails so is, what's the moral of this movie then is it put your you know put your feelings out you got to put your feelings out there and see what happens kind of yeah. i mean is well, that he does kind not really. but the thing is in order to have in order to be more than just friends you have to be mutually attracted to each other you just have to be mm-hmm. and i don't know if losing 80 pounds did that for her or to be money. attracted to him? No, she doesn't seem very interested in that at all. But, you know, I don't know. Do you, can you get out of that friend zone? Could he have ever dated her sincerely if they hadn't had a big break in their friendship, you know? 
like a almost like a reset. Yeah, I think you might be right. Maybe that's what was yeah. needed. Maybe needed in some instances that space to grow and. Well, and he was so, and they were they were so dependent on each other. But he was so dependent on her. It's almost like he needed to stop being the missing piece in her life and become his own big O. You know, um, the Shel Silverstein book. No. The Missing Piece in the Big O? No, I do not. I'm not familiar with this book. There's a missing piece, a little wedge, who's always looking for the the Pac-Man-sized thing to fit into. He wants to find his perfect fit. Mm. And he tries all kinds of, of different shapes, and they don't work, or they may work, but they don't roll. They don't go anywhere. And then he finally finds... A, a shape that he fits perfectly into and then he grows he gets bigger and they stop being able to roll and the, and the other piece says i didn't know you were going to grow and he says well neither did i so Aww. he's stuck as this piece and then this big o comes by this circle comes rolling along and he says hey do you need a missing piece and the o says no i'm fine on my own and he says well how can you be fine on your own how can you be whole and he says well i wasn't always like this but the more i rolled the smoother I got and you just need to start rolling and the piece is like I can't roll I'm a triangle (laughs) (laughs) but he very slowly starts flipping himself end over end and then he gets more rounded and he finds you know other pieces who are like what are you doing over there and he's like I'm trying to roll and he rolls himself into eventually into a circle and he's whole and then he finds the big O and they roll along together and they say I don't he says I don't need you but I'd like to to roll with you and I think that's just so sweet and then I asked Emma what it was about and Emma was like it's about a piece (laughs) like (laughs) all right let's talk about this (laughs) yeah so so then so then that's kind of what you think this movie's about, Sarah, that you yeah. just you need to grow. Cuz then when yeah. he does go back to LA, he's really shitty, but then he goes back mm-hmm. to LA and there's a deleted scene where they really <laughs> show him, they show him at his house with partying with three women. Yeah, three beautiful women and kind of remarking like, "Oh, I'm never going back there, blah blah." And it fast forwards to the morning and he's obviously been <laughs> crying all night to them yeah. about her and it's Lying like lying on had, his chaise lounge on a chaise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and maybe he needed that experience to realize what he really wanted was her all along. Oh, Cruel Intentions. Oh, uh, the director. The director of Cruel Intentions? Is the same director as this movie. Wait, really? (laughs) Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Really? Yeah, he directed Cruel Intentions and Cruel Intentions 2. Crueler Intentions? Mm -hmm. And The Sweetest Thing. He, wait, he did the sweetest, sweetest thing. thing yeah. He's a good friend of the Fairley brothers, and he helped write on Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, and There's Something About well, Mary. You, it's funny. You, I have a note here that says this almost feels like a Fairley brothers movie yeah. that just doesn't kind of commit to the mm-hmm. same stuff they do, but it definitely feels like a Fairley brothers and movie. And it's got so a great soundtrack, like it a Fairley brothers. Absolutely movie does too. have a great soundtrack. Wait, why were why you bring up soundtracks? Let's just start jumping into our elements of romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. This has a fantastic fantastic soundtrack that I swear. They, they the 
I don't know if they were joking in the director's commentary, mm -hmm. but they definitely said that the reason they landed on that song, it was the only one that they could afford, mm. which doesn't sound right it's to me because I feel like that song. song would be more expensive. Really? All yeah. for one? All for one needed money, man. And the... Uh, and at the end of the movie, the credits have... He sings the whole song. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds doing it in the fat suit. It's so great. It, I watched the whole thing. I'm looking back through this. <laughs> Jamie Smiles by Dusty Lee Dinkleman is yep. track 11 on the actual nice. soundtrack. Um, I'm looking to see... There's some Christmas songs in there. Samantha James has two on here. That's Anna yeah. Ferris's on the actual soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Fountains of Wayne are on here. Yeah, the Hackensack. Never going back to Hackensack, which is in New Jersey. I mean, I'll say it, it was a good soundtrack. Uh, the, it had a couple original songs that were real songs. They weren't like really thrown together. I mean, they, they were really produced well. Mm -hmm. So I think the soundtrack yeah. fits for this movie mm -hmm. very well. We don't really see it, the actual meet no. cute between uh -uh. them. It, the re-meet cute is at the oh, Maple, yeah. the bar of the Maple, which oh, I like the name of that bar. She sees him. And she hides. And she fall. yeah, she like flops down on behind the bar because she was working as the bartender. And then he sees her like barely, barely sees her as she's like jumping down behind the bar and she's crouched down in there and he looks over the bar. He's like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> she's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> so it's, I mean, that seems clear to me then that she had, had some kind of feelings yeah. towards him. Yeah. If she's hiding immediately right, yeah. and it wasn't like I screwed you over Right. You know, it's it's an... Im I'm afraid to see you. Yeah, it's a shy... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, reason they can't be together slash conflict, just friends. They're just friends. They had a history. Yeah, he and had he, 80 pounds and a lot of self-esteem issues. And then had a lot of anger that initially he had to go in and get out and kind of act like an mm -hmm. asshole and all that. And then he realized he's being a dick. Mm -hmm. Then they were Man, a then, lot of baggage. Then they could be friends again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean... Such an asshole in L.A. Such it, an asshole to girls. You know, but if, to say he has a lot of anger and issues... I mean, he said you know, that. It's one of the guys in the locker room said, why are you... At, at the skate rink, why are you the way you are? Oh, girl really messed and me up in high school. And he said, the girl really messed me up. So, okay, so we have a good we have a good mm -hmm. meet-cute, a good reason they can't be together, Great a good soundtrack. soundtrack. His sassy side friend is his best friend from high school, the dentist. Mm -hmm. He's great. Yeah. Um, and hers is, I mean, is kind of his wife, the dentist's wife, because she goes to yeah. her after that really bad night that they spend in the same bed. She goes and talks, Amy Smart goes and talks to her Yeah, about like what the hell is going on. And she's like, maybe he's just scared, which it, is true. Would you call his younger brother the precocious child in this? I guess. His brother is funny he as is hell hilarious. in this. I know. Where he's like, did you boink her? I'll take that as a no. Yeah. And then we start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand if, if your brother's a homo. And then he raises his own hand. For it being 2005, there were a lot of just easygoing gay jokes oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. Again, we this were very up... flip about gay no, this in the day. This came up in another movie recently, too. Yeah. Like, it is kind of your ears perk up and you I go... Know. Was, and after the ago. Me Too movement, we both noticed last year, he does a lot of yanking on Anna, Anna Ferris's arm. Oh, yeah. And a lot of like throwing her into the car. And I mean, she takes it as good as she receives. I mean, she gives it out as good as she takes. But 
it's like, ooh, stop you, pulling on her. You probably couldn't do that in a romantic comedy yeah. today or yeah. any movie today. Stop shoving her. Stop, you know, being so physical with her. There's a good amount of levity slash joie. It's be. definitely lighthearted mm-hmm. because it keeps flashing back Gosh, to them in high school. His facial expressions are just so funny. He really sells it with his facial expressions. Yeah. And, um,. Location slash city, New Jersey, but fucking it just pretty Regina, much, Saskatchewan. It just needs to be a place that's cold. cold yeah, yeah, a cold place. A nondescript winter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my gosh, did you did you intend this? Did you mean to bring me back to your hometown? He's like, yes, I wanted you to burn the plane down. Because <laughs> Anna Ferris puts a sushi. God. Tinfoil. Yeah. Tinfoil sushi wrap, in a microwave. First of all, don't eat old sushi. Second of all, don't Second microwave of all, it. Don't put it in tinfoil in the microwave. On your private jet. And then start a fire in the jet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awful. Is it a screwball comedy? Would it be the subgenre? I'd call it a screwball comedy Seems like comedy it. there's a sure. lot of physical oh, comedy. Oh, it's, sl- it's really slapsticky. Yeah. When he gets hurt on the hockey rink and he's oh, like, yeah. hooked to the gurney and it goes down the hill and flips, flips over. over yeah. yeah, no, they, I'd call this a yeah. uh, screwball for sure. There's a slow-mo scene when he finally is like, I'm going to prove I'm good at hockey and like starts throwing kids down and you can hear um, Amy Smart go, Chris, no! And he's like throwing kids and then he, and someone else yells, no, slap shot! And he slap shoots it into the goal and it hits the goalpost and comes right back and jacks him in the teeth. Ugh. I hope one day to be at a children's sporting event where someone goes like kind of berserk <laughs> like that, but gets but gets it back on them. I don't yeah. want anything, you know, obviously no one yeah. to actually get hurt other than that person by their mm-hmm. own actions. Like a dad kicks oh a soccer God. ball and it goes off a goalpost yeah. and right back into his face. I did that once. My mom, we had a front porch that was painted concrete and she had this like... um Sizel is it si- Cecil Sizel rug? It's that like jute kind of material. Runner. Sarah, I believe you've just made up a word. Okay, I didn't. But um, <laughs> how cromulent of you! Yeah, she had a jute runner that went from the stairs to the front door, and it was kind of rainy that day. And I don't know. I was coming home from school, and I was in a mood. And she opened the door, and I said something about why is this stupid rug here? And I stepped off of it, and immediately fell. And she's like, "Yep." <laughs> that would be why <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many of those instances have happened to me where it's yeah you're just your anger takes over and it only comes yeah. back on you Oops. for the thing yeah I do have to say I've seen Amy Smart I've never spoken to her but she goes to the same area in northern Michigan that I go to Ooh, brag yeah and in one of the pictures I think on Instagram, she was wearing this t-shirt from this old, old gift shop that doesn't exist anymore. And I've kept a few of them. I don't even fit into them anymore. But they're so perfectly classic t-shirts that have this awful screen printing on the front. I have like five or six different styles. Mm. And then they say Lake Leland on Michigan. And she was wearing one in this picture. I'm like, I have that shirt. Oh, my God. So she's my secret um celebrity friend oh Mm -hmm. she seems like she'd be lovely oh yeah i like amy smart she got married in traverse city her husband's from there as well Hmm. she's not from there her family just goes there well do we have anything else on our list of stuff do we have any cameos no 
But the but. movie was going to have a cameo. What was it? It was cut. What? At the time, the director was talking to Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and said, you know, we need, we want a cameo here in the beginning in the music scene, you know, like an Alanis Morissette type, to which Ryan Reynolds responded with, I know someone just like that, mm-hmm. and brought who he was dating at the time, Alanis, Alanis Morissette. Morissette. Yeah, so they were engaged. There's a deleted scene of him where he's handing out presents in the very beginning, walking through, wow. and Alanis is there, and she's like, yeah, thanks for never uh, calling back my assistant after you slept with her. Oh. And it's a really good exchange. He's, he's like, oh, tell so and so I said hi and he gets the name wrong and Aww. it's in she calls him an asshole and he keeps going it's uh so it's huh. it's not it's, in the it's movie it's just shocking to me that they are roughly the same age in real life because she, he and Alanis I am shocked by that as well really yes because when we were younger he would be younger than her no because when we were younger was she came out with Jagged, Jagged Little, Little Pill. Pill she was super young what see I always in my head I always thought she was an adult woman yes no. or, or at least like mid 20s is yeah, what I always kind of like thought she was like super young when that came out really yeah so she's not terribly that much older than us she's like what 42 something like that and so when they started dating, I was like, what? That's crazy. It just turns out that she hit fame earlier. Alanis Morris, that's only 44. Yeah. And, and Amy Smart is 42. Mm-hmm. I, that blows my mind. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds is right in there, too. You, I always assumed Alanis Morissette was, like you said, a full-grown woman when... Yeah, because when we were young, it was like, oh, ev- when everyone this, everyone's so an adult. Old. Yeah. yeah. No, she's really young. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's even more amazing for Canadians how Canadians get together. Oh, they are all Canadian. Yeah, I wonder what happened. I don't know. I like Canadians. Yeah, like shit's super nice. Like shit's Creek. Oh god, that's such a good show. So good, David. David. <laughs> David. Ew, David. What else do we got? Anything else? Is there any like? Real world advice. Oh, absolutely. We spent, I would say, 95% of this episode <laughs> talking about the real world advice you can glean from it. If there's one thing, Sarah, we probably talked about the actual movie for maybe 10 minutes. All right, so summarize the real world advice. We literally, ju- I asked you not even 10 minutes ago, so is the point of this movie to just kind of not be afraid to put yourself out there to someone if you really yeah. like them and that sometimes you, don't you have need... to be so angry about yeah. summarizing. And that sometimes, <laughs> well, because we just <laughs> Talked about God it. damn it! <laughs> no, that uh, I would I would say the real life lesson in this is don't be afraid to put yourself out there to someone if it doesn't work out, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But then also that sometimes there needs to be distance there for things and to come also, together. The other thing is sometimes it's not bad to be friends with someone, just friends with someone. I know you want more, and if you want more and you can't sustain that friendship, then then I guess you got to walk away. But you also have to decide. How much you value that friendship. Yeah. Because finding someone that you can be really good friends with is something to be valued. Yeah. I I mean... If you're only friends with this person because you actually want to get in her pants, then... Oh, well, you and I see this a little different because I think I've been on the other side (laughs) enough to know what that feels like to sit there and think someone's so wonderful. And Mm -hmm. I'm not even saying a pants thing, but to just feel so strongly towards someone and then be wonderful and then Mm -hmm. know like this is it. 
And it is a young, and when I was younger, it was tough to deal with that. I don't, mm. I don't know how I'd handle that nowadays. I really yeah. don't. I haven't been, I haven't had to deal with that in, in so many years. I might very well go, okay, that's fine. We're friends now. You mm-hmm. know, like, so, but I, I'm, I only see it from my 16 year old eyes because that's the only time I've dealt with it mm-hmm. that yeah. I care to remember. So, yeah. Well, it, what are you, what would you give this then? It, it, if one to 10, is it a romantic comedy? 10 being it's quintessential, one being mm. it's not at all. What would you give it? Like a nine. Why a nine? I'm curious if we have the same reasons because I wrote down a nine as well. Hmm. Um, maybe more slapstick, less substance sometimes. I think the plot could be a little bit tighter. In places, kind of along the lines of what I have, I just have down. There's not actually a ton of romance in it. It's a lot of him kind of wanting her and being angry, mm-hmm. and it's about like halfway through the movie, three quarters, that they finally have that bedroom scene where it is romantic. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's it's there's romantic intentions, but there's no actual romantic moments yeah. like like in a you know you've got mail or right. Um, some of the other ones we've really liked yeah like the holiday so that's really the, the only thing i take away from it mm-hmm. is there is romance in it it is not as present as it probably should be for it to be a 10 but yeah this is a really good movie it's great i, I really really and it's great at movie. christmas is it a christmas movie though i mean it is in that there are lots of christmas elements but you could watch it any time of the year yeah but you would call this a Christmas. Well, and I feel like it really captures the feeling of coming home for Christmas after a being long time away. away. Yeah. yeah. Seeing yeah, seeing old friends you haven't seen in ten mm-hmm. years, can reconnecting quick. Her dad is a ball buster in yeah. this and I love it. And just mm-hmm. how yeah, you go back to the, see these parents that haven't seen you in ten mm-hmm. years and they still talk to you like you're a child. Yeah. And it's just like that's how it's gonna be, man. Mm-hmm. And not being able to escape that, you know, I don't keep in touch with anyone from high school. Partly because it's like you can't ever get away from the fact that these people knew you when you were seven and you can't, you, you're nothing else to them but that person, mm. you know, and you just want to be someone else. You want to be who, who you feel you are, but you can't get away from your own history. Yeah, I think, well, just you grow apart from people, you know, just you go different directions for whatever reason. Mm. That's more what I've found, less that... I don't talk to people because I'm in a box for them so much as just, you know, time and distance, you go different ways, you get back yeah. together, things are good, but, yeah. you know, you can't capture a bottle of lightning. Well, that's about, that's about all I got for this movie, Sarah. Do you have anything else? Nope. Okay. Well, um, if someone wanted to look on the Instagram and maybe see you put up a comparison of Mark McGrath versus <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, showing that they, in fact, do look very similar in that mm. time frame, where do they find us on Instagram? Uh, romcomcom dot com, and we've gotten a couple things from people. We got a, a an article about a guy that analyzed uh, Hallmark movies mm-hmm. and had it write a one page script. And so that was funny. We may read that. That was sent to us by by John. And then another person actually sent us a article arguing what the best romantic comedy of all time is. Mm. Um, that person is going to be on an upcoming show. So I figure we'll save that article till they're on. All and right. we will talk to uh, Michael about that. Ooh. But if someone else wanted to send us anything, Sarah, what's our email address? It's mail at romcomcom.com. That's so simple. Sure is. And what else is simple is listening to good music, Sarah. Good mm-hmm. music like This Is My Suitcase, mm-hmm. the band who has allowed us so generously to use their song 
Love off the album The Keys to Cat Heaven as our intro and outro. Uh, you can check out all sorts of their projects going on here in Columbus, Van Dale, Mary Lynn, Classical Baby. They're all over and mm-hmm. it's all good stuff. So that's right. Um, Rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, yeah, do that. And, you it's know, so easy. Yeah. And, let, and it let, helps us. Yeah, absolutely. And let, let people know if you like it at all. Just, you know, fire it their way and just say, hey, mm-hmm. look at this thing. Look at this thing that they're doing. It's fun. Yeah. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, Sarah. <laughs> you too. And I hope all of you as well. It's a silent night. <laughs> look good. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm You've been brushing your bangs back and you've smeared blue ink across your forehead.